The communion meditation is from Genesis chapter 32. Please turn there. And uh, we'll be reading verses 1 through 12. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. And he called the name of that place Mahanium. Then God sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother. Excuse me. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants, and I have sent to tell my lord that I may find favor in your sight. Then the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will do well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude." Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Father, we are about to come to your table, your son's and our Lord's table, and in doing so, we want to be pleasing to you. Help us to draw things from your word that help us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have uh, titled today's communion meditation, Unavoidable Encounters. Have you ever been in a situation, put in a situation, that demands that you encounter someone that you don't want to encounter? I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a meeting at, at, uh, at work, maybe it's a church, maybe it's a counseling session, uh, maybe it's a family reunion, and maybe it's a holiday event. Whatever the case is, it's you, you know that the situation demands that you encounter a certain person. Well, the, the Lord's word speaks to that, and we're going to talk about that today. Just a little bit of background on, on our passage here since we're starting in the middle. This happens historically about 1750 B.C. I think you know the story, but just as a reminder, Jacob sells his birthright. Excuse me. Um, Jacob steals the birthright from Esau. Esau, of course, is not happy with that, and that does not go well. Esau threatens to kill Jacob. Jacob flees. He goes up to Laban in Padam Aram, which is about 500 miles to the north. And he's there for 20 years. And you, you know the story. He gets married to, to two ladies, and he has... Uh, at this point, 11 sons and one daughter. Benjamin comes later whenever he comes back. 
So he's very successful. Things are going well. He wants to get back home, but there's a turn of events, and it becomes obvious that Laban doesn't like him anymore. And that's one of those things that's pretty obvious. You've been in those situations. Things have changed, right? And then God commands him to go back to the land of his fathers. Well, in this passage, I think, I think we're going to see three helpful principles that will help us deal with unavoidable encounters. Now, back in the uh, chapter previous to this, the Lord spoke directly to Jacob, saying, Jacob, and he said, here I am. And he said, lift up your eyes now and see the rams which leap on the flocks are speckled, streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. For I've seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your family. Now, interesting. Notice what this does not say. It doesn't say, go back to the land and deal with Esau. All right? Nevertheless, Jacob knows he has to do that. And I, I want to submit to you that if, if you're like me, you may have this way of thinking. You may say, okay, God is commanding me to do this, and I will do this. Oh, but there's this other thing over here that I really don't want to do. How do these things fit together? You, you might think of them independently, but you can't think of them independently because God is sovereign. So in, in essence, whenever the Lord is commanding Jacob to return, he's commanding Jacob to talk to Esau. It's unavoidable. I mean, you could avoid that, right? Maybe you've, maybe you've tried that before. Maybe you're moving back into an area or something. Hey, let's not tell the family we're moving back into the area. That goes well for maybe four months, and, and, and then you're in the, in the checkout line in Walmart, and there's, there's the person. It's really an uncomfortable moment, right? So that's not the way to deal with it. But also, another way to deal with, not to deal with it, is to think of them independently. You see, here's the first principle. When God orchestrates situations, He also orchestrates the encounters that are in those situations. And I, I think that will help us to go in faith, knowing that not only is God telling us to do this, He knows what it's going to mean. He knows we're going to have to encounter these people. Now, the second thing that we see, the second principle that we find is that a good way to approach unavoidable encounters is in humble reliance on God. This is a bad situation for Jacob, okay? He's, he sends a peaceful letter, and basically he says, I've got a lot of stuff. I'm willing to come back, and I'm willing to share them with you. Let's be at peace. He, this is what he says. Verse 5, I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. That's the message that goes out. What comes back? <laughs> what comes back is basically Esau responds with a war maneuver. Okay? 400 people coming to meet you is not a greeting party. And Jacob knows this. I think everybody knows this. Matthew Henry said, angry men have great memories. So Jacob knows this. 
How does he deal with it? He deals with it in humble reliance upon the Lord. Let's read verses 9 through 11. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant, for I crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Now, there is a lot that we can go through here. We don't have time. I just want to bring out two things. Look at verse 10. I am not worthy. Look at verse 11. Deliver me, I pray. Oh, if we could just remember those things, those two things. Maybe write them on our hands. I don't even know if it's biblical to write them on our hands. Probably not. But something... You know, those two things. I'm not worthy. Deliver me, I pray. Mm, that's, Christian. that's Christianity. And just to, to approach things with those two things, just a wonderful example. And there's other things in here. But really, the, the, the principle is to approach unavoidable encounters with humble dependence upon the Lord. Okay, one one last principle, and I, I think that this is one that's very important. And this one is to call out God's specific promises on these things and to merge them with the situation, okay? Now, notice I said promises. That's the way we need to think about God's promises is comprehensively, together. They're all planned. They don't contradict. And he gives us more than one promise, so we have to think about them comprehensively. There's a promise, the Abrahamic covenant that Jacob has. But he also has a specific promise that the Lord is going to bless him. Those two things need to be thought about. But that's not enough. We still need to think about promises in the context of circumstances. We need to put street value to the promises. We need to merge them with the situation. So this is the way, this is the way Jacob must have thought. Okay? There's a promise to my grandfather, and that promise means that, that, that I have to live because I'm an inheritor of that, and, and I need to have descendants. And God also promised me, let's see, where was it? Verse 9, the last part of verse 9, and I will do, do well with you. So God also has a promise to me. My grandfather to me, okay, now I have this situation. Now I'm going to see Esau. He commanded me to return to my father's land. And so, therefore, putting this all together, I have to believe that God will deliver me. If not me, at least some of the people, right? He divides them into two, into two companies. If one is killed, then the other one will go. So we have to think about that. So that's the third principle, to call out God's specific promises and to merge them with the situation. The, the intersection of promises and events here in this case is Esau. And we see these three principles and how he approaches it. Well, um, today we have an unavoidable encounter. 
we have an unavoidable encounter with the, with the Lord's table. God commands us to dine with Him. I, I don't think there's any way to get around that. The Lord said, when you take of this meal, the confession seems to make it, make the statement that this is an expected thing for us to do. This is an unavoidable encounter. And God does this knowing that this unavoidable encounter is between us sinful people and himself is holy. He knows that we must deal with our sin. And the wonderful part, though, as we go forward, we think about those promises. We think about those promises comprehensively, and we put them to use. We put some street value on them. God promised to save his people. God promised that if we confess our sin, he will forgive us. And we go with that specific thing. That is yours. That's mine. Let's pray. Father, you, you orchestrate unavoidable encounters. Help us, I pray. I, I, I pray that we, will, that we will employ these principles that we see here today. That we will indeed understand that when you orchestrate situations, you're orchestrating the encounters in those situations. Help us to approach and humble dependence upon you. And help us to think well. Help us to put the promises together. Help us to merge those with the situations and to say, we're going forward in faith and God is going to take care of us. Oh Lord, your commandments are sweet and your fellowship is so good. Thank you, Lord. I pray we are not worthy. Deliver us. In Jesus' name, amen.